Welcome to the sermon webcast of the News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, August 4th, 2019, on the basis of Genesis 18, verses 20 through 32. What has the word prayer come to mean to people? Tragedy strikes, whether by a hurricane demolishing towns, a loved one is stricken with terminal illness, or money has all of a sudden disappeared. And what's the commonly used phrase you hear? Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Or even when joyous situations happen, such as beating cancer, getting married, paying off debt, the birth of a child. What's the common phrase you hear? Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Now, no doubt these are comforting words to hear during some sort of tragedy or when life seems great. But what do these words really suggest? Are these words, are these words just a nice gesture? Words we say only in special circumstances and hope God listens? The magic words to change life's course of events? In today's text, we will hear that prayer is more than just a nice gesture or the magic words to bend God's will in our favor. Prayer is a whole lot more than just a thought. Prayer is a relationship believers enjoy with the Lord and whatever they ask or thank him for. We will hear how Abraham approaches prayer, an opportunity the Lord sets up for him However, an opportunity the Lord also sets up for us. The Lord invites us to pray. How? Pray boldly, knowing who he is. Pray persistently, knowing he answers accordingly. So, how did the Lord set up this opportunity for Abraham? Well, the Lord had just finished his personal visit with Abraham and Sarah concerning the promise of their son, Isaac. Now, Abraham and those two men, the two angels, leave with Abraham accompanying them, and they look down toward Sodom. The Lord doesn't hide from Abraham what he's going to do and says, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry has reached me. If not, I will know. As the angels left for Sodom, Abraham stayed behind, as the Lord stayed behind. And though the Lord never explicitly states what he's going to do to the cities, he says all of this in Abraham's hearing, inviting him into his heavenly circle. The Lord was lingering and, in, and waiting expectantly for Abraham's faith to express itself, knowing what the Lord intended. So Abraham goes on to approach the Lord and says, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Bold move. But he goes on. He goes on to plead that 50 righteous be spared. 
50 righteous be spared. And he boldly asks the Lord, will he really do this? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Now, you might be thinking, Abraham had the audacity to say that to God? But there's a couple, thing, couple important things to consider. First of all, what is meant by the righteous? This term is often used in the Old Testament to refer to believers, those having faith in the Lord, not those seeking favor, seeking favor of God, God's goodness, because of their goodness. And secondly, these words are based in no way on the assumption that God might deal unjustly, or Abraham himself was more compassionate than God. Abraham wasn't calling out the Lord for some sort of oversight. Rather, Abraham was asking these rhetorical questions, highlighting who God is. The Lord is a God who hates sin and wickedness. His holiness and perfection demand that he carries out punishment against such. However, the Lord is also a God who loves his righteous people and does everything he can to preserve them. The Lord is a God who is perfectly just and merciful, which Abraham recognizes with what he says here. So, what prompted Abraham to make this bold intercession? The righteous. God's believers, which would have included his nephew Lot and his family, who have been living near Sodom. Certainly on his mind, but they weren't the primary reason. Abraham was interceding for all of God's believers in the city, not the wicked. Although he asked God to save the city on account of the righteous, which would show great mercy to the wicked, who didn't deserve it. Abraham is a man who, he, who himself has received God's mercy on numerous occasions and now seeks to secure the mercy of others. And he appeals to the only thing he knows, God's grace, mercy, and righteousness. And the Lord says, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. So, did Abraham win? Did Abraham's boldness grab God's attention and bend his will to his? If so, does this mean we win and our boldness grabs God's attention and bends his will to ours? No. Remember, the Lord invited Abraham to come to him in prayer for his faith to express itself, trusting his grace, his mercy, and his judgment, and loving his neighbors. So also the Lord invites us to pray to him, trusting his grace, mercy, and judgment, and loving our neighbors. And we do this with boldness. But where does such boldness come from? It comes from faith. And faith is rooted in Jesus. 
both Abraham and we have the same faith and the same promised Savior Jesus and recognize the righteous, merciful, and gracious God the Lord has always been. Such boldness is an act of faith, an act of faith that is welcomed and acceptable with God because it's really an act, an act born out of God's heart. We can think that being bold in our prayers will grab God's attention and will bend his will in our favor to our will. However, this misconception can lead to frustration and anger when God answers our prayers in ways we don't quite expect or when he delays. The understanding of boldness here is knowing that whatever you pray, you know confidently the Lord listens and will answer it. We only need to look at Christ's passion and resurrection to see that he keeps his promises. He answers, and he is who he says he is, gracious and merciful. Our prayers are pleasing to God. Pleasing to God because of Jesus. We can ask God anything, simple or big, with boldness as part of God's inner heavenly circle. What joy to know the Lord invites us to pray to him boldly. Pray to him boldly in prayer knowing he is our perfect, powerful, and loving God who calls us his righteous people because of Jesus. However, does this mean we come to God boldly in prayer only once? Wipe our hands and call it good to see if you listened? Not necessarily. The Lord also invites us to pray persistently, knowing he answers accordingly. After his plea, his first plea, Abraham speaks up again. However, he first humbly confesses to God who he himself is. I am nothing but dust and ashes. In the presence of the eternal, infinite, almighty Lord God, Abraham was nothing from beginning to end. He was unworthy to be praying with such boldness, let alone praying to God. And continue praying and pleading with persistence. But his humility, his humility was rooted in faith, which was rooted in the promised Savior Jesus, who gives such humility and boldness to pray and continue pleading with persistence. Abraham then goes on to reduce the number from 50 righteous to 45 to 40 and finally all the way down to 10. Wow. Abraham's persistent words and pleas demonstrate he isn't angry or disappointed with God or bargaining with God. Abraham admits his boldness, and he recognizes there's no reason to push God's patience. May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. Rather, Abraham trusts in God's mercy and judgment, even with his persistence. 
Pleading further and persisting harder could have appeared to be pleading mainly for his relatives, Lot and his family, and pushing for a more selfish prerogative. Something that can be a temptation for us, too. A temptation where we buy into the misconception that our prayers, the success of our prayers, depend on our boldness and persistence. That our words can bend God's will to ours. How often do you and I go to God and say, Lord, if you do this, then I will do this, or I won't do this. Lord, look how much and how hard I've been praying to you about my, my life, my family, my job, my health, everything. Shouldn't you be doing something? Frustration and anger about how God handles our prayers isn't a problem caused by God but by our attitudes. Too often, you and I can allow our attitudes to arrogantly pray to God or hopelessly offer something up to God, doubting Him. Doubting Him in ways like, maybe God will hear this. (laughs) Oh, it was worth a shot. What's the point? God doesn't answer However, as Abraham wrestled with God in prayer, we too wrestle with God in prayer. Wrestle not with our own selfish prerogatives or self-loathing or doubt. Rather, we wrestle with the humility, boldness, and persistence which Christ has given us by his passion and resurrection, all walking together in godly prayer, confident that no matter the outcome, we can trust. We can trust God to answer those prayers accordingly, just as Abraham trusted the Lord as he cast his last plea into his hands. And the Lord said, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. Which leads us to ask, did God answer Abraham's prayer? Does God answer our prayers? Yes. But sometimes not in the way we expect. For Abraham, we find out later, the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. But God did save the righteous. There were four. Lot, his wife, and his two daughters, which was less than Abraham's plea of ten. And Abraham, from afar, may have seen a scene of destruction and may not have known immediately that God saved the righteous, but he could trust that God's wisdom answered his prayer accordingly because he knew who God was and will always be gracious Merciful, righteous. For us, we might think the answer and solutions to our prayers are straightforward. If we're sick, well, God will make us better. 
If we're jobless, oh, God will allow that job interview to go well. If we're uh, hopeless and heartbroken and alone, God will allow something or someone to make us glad and fill that hole of loneliness. And if our finances and family are going great, God will allow that to keep going, right? But like Abraham, we don't have all the information. God does. Even if we can't see the full extent of God's answer to our prayers, we can trust the goodness of his wisdom. Even if he doesn't do what we ask, we can trust he's going to do something better. We only have to look at Christ's passion and resurrection to see the ultimate display of God's wisdom, grace, mercy, and righteousness that brought us salvation. How much more? How much more to know that we can trust God with our prayers and trust Him to answer them with the right outcome for our faith and life. The Lord loves and invites us, His children, to come to Him in prayer boldly and persistently. And He loves to answer them in the best and most beneficial ways than we could ever imagine. Sometimes God delays his, his answers and judgments in the patience of his grace. As he did with the flood, with a 120-year wait. Sometimes God hastens his answers and judgments for the sake of his, for the sake of his believers, so they, they might not be caught in the tide of harm or unbelief as today's account. God's wisdom offers comfort and confidence as we pray, assuring us our prayers are in the perfect hands, hands that were nailed to a cross and hands leading us to our heavenly home. Whether you offer a prayer once or hundreds of times, you can trust the Lord to answer each and every one of them. He's given you the promise to listen, to answer, to love, to be with you, to work everything out for the good of your faith and life because of Jesus, who gives us this wonderful opportunity to come to him in prayer. Jesus has taught us to pray boldly and persistently to our Heavenly Father, who has promised to do so much more than we could ever imagine. We ask and we receive abundantly from our Heavenly Father. We seek and we find the love and wisdom of our Heavenly Father. We knock and our Heavenly Father opens wide the door of His goodness to us. Pray boldly. Pray persistently. God, your Heavenly Father, absolutely welcomes and invites you, his dear children, to pray to him who loves you. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.